Welcome to Habits You Love, a thought-provoking podcast about self-love, self-healing, and spiritual evolution. I'm Kayla Fazio, and with each episode, it is my mission to expand your mind to what you think is possible for you and provoke thoughts of looking at your own healing you may need and help you discover the power you have within you to build healthy habits and create a life you love. Now, let's get to the episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Habits You Love. As always, so excited for my guests. I only have the best guests on, and today is no different. I have a longtime friend, um, someone I'm so inspired by and motivated by, and I love just keeping up with, and we, we are always in different states somehow. We're always crossing paths, but we're going to sit down and have like a little virtual coffee date today and just catch up and have an enlightening conversation. So welcome, Emily Hayden. Hello, everyone. Off clap, you need no introduction. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to finally get to be on your show. I know, I know, I know. So you are definitely one of the most multi-passionate people that I know. Um, I don't have time to list your entire bio or what you do on a daily basis, but I will run through a few things. You are a podcast host, a retreat host, personal coach, sponsored athlete, IFBB pro, et cetera, et cetera, and a lover of all things personal growth. So that's probably why we are such good friends. And like I said, I am just so inspired by your energy and your passion and your positive mindset that you bring each and every day. Um, and if I could sum you up in just like a little tiny blurb, I could have like a paragraph, but if I could just say one, you know, roundabout broad description of you, it would be a very self-aware human who loves to just soak in every experience that the world has to offer and not afraid to share all parts of you, the good, messy, hard, and even the the exponential. So I know this conversation is going to be good and I'm excited to just catch up. Thank you. I know I'm, I'm a Gemini, which means that we love a lot of different things. (laughs) (laughs) I have to have a bunch of, even today, today was a perfect example of that. I literally had an in-person personal training client, had a one-on-one mentorship client, have this podcast. I'm working on like this side project and I just love it. I love being involved in so many different things. If I did the same thing all the time, I would be so bored. I know. Do you find that it can be like a weakness at sometimes as far as like, I can't just dive into one thing and like scale and grow it or I feel like that too. I would say for me, it's more so when I lack the time structure needed every week to dedicate the time needed for each thing that I have, whether it's my online coaching business or my podcast or, you know, something else I have going on. If I don't time block properly, then it's like, I just get overwhelmed because I have so many things and I start playing the stories in my head of I'm overwhelmed because so many people need me and I have so many things. And it's like, well, if you would actually just organize your time better and have time blocks where this time block is only for your podcast in podcast management, this time block is only for recording and content in social media strategy, you know, then it's like, it becomes a lot less overwhelming. So yeah, I think the weakness is when I don't have structure around all the facets of the things that I do. How do you time block? I need tips. (laughs) 
do you do like, okay, these days and during these hours, it's like the same day, same exact time you do the same things. Or is it just like the night before you plan out your next day? It's a little bit of both actually. So going into the week, I know that for example, Mondays are my days to take care of my clients and nurture leads. So it's kind of like going into my community and I am giving to my clients, you know, so I'm checking in on them. I'm seeing how they're doing, maybe looking at one of their last check-ins, seeing if I need to touch base or keep them accountable with something. I'm really doing my best to show up and to be of service to people that I already have. So this nurturing day could also look like on my social media, getting back to DMs that maybe I hadn't gotten back to and, you know, just providing value and being of service as much as I can. Um, on a day like Tuesday, that's my group coaching call day. So I'll typically have a coaching call and then maybe another mentorship call. And so that's me like actually doing, you know, hour long calls. So on those days, it's more so focused on like the doing of what I already have. And then like Wednesday through Friday, it kind of differs but maybe on Fridays, like podcast management, for example. So that's, you know, more than anyone, everything behind mm -hmm. the scenes. <laughs> so, you know, reaching out to guests, getting the next one scheduled, figuring out, um, do I need to upload a bunch of footage, which is on my mind right now. I need to do that tomorrow. <laughs> I'll remind yeah. you at the end of this. <laughs> yeah. So, so I know that's there. So then Wednesday and Thursday are a little bit more open for, I have maybe some mentorship calls. Maybe I'm doing um, content strategy and recording. So typically I have a day, a day or two days every week where I'll try to do some recording for my social media now that I'm back being consistent. So, so that's the time blocking per day. And then what you said about, do you do it the night before? Yes. Like the night before I look at my calendar and what I have going on. And I'm actually quite flexible in my training regimen right now, meaning um, my most productive work and my most creative work is always done before noon. So mm. I like to work as much as I can before noon. And then my ideal time to train is actually midday, but I haven't been getting to it midday. It's more so been like, I might have a 10 AM slot and then I might have like a three 30 slot. And so the night before I kind of check out, okay, what, what do I have for tomorrow? And then I'll make sure to plug in my training. I know when I'm walking my dogs. So the night before gives me the opportunity to have a little bit of freedom with it. Um, but I did notice that if I don't schedule it in the night before and I just go with the flow during the day, then during the day, I'm like, oh, I'll just do a little bit more work. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm not feeling good and energized for my workout at freaking 6 PM when I'm exhausted and I've been mm -hmm. up since 5 AM, <laughs> you know, so it's time management and energy management's a real thing. You know, I think a lot of people focus on the time aspect of it. Well, I'm just going to block off my time, but you really have to tune into when is your energy best for each task? So for me, I know that I can always show up on a coaching call or on a Zoom call like this. So it's better for me to have these in the afternoon, whereas something that requires my best liveliness and energy or uh, creative ability, I need to do those things in the morning because that's when my creative juices are flowing the most. And then same thing with, you know, social media. I think a lot of people that listen to this, you're probably on social media, you're probably posting and I did this the other day. I was so mad at myself, but I was like, you know what? I already know what I'm going to post. I'm just going to post in quotes real quick. Well, everything was going wrong. Instagram was kept like loading and then just, it wouldn't go anywhere. I ended up spending an hour and a half of my morning, my most precious morning hours being so frustrated 
with the fact that my video would not upload to Instagram. And then I like post it to my story. And I was like, guys, I'm going to cry if you don't give this video some love. It just took so many hours away from me. Um, so my point for sharing that is that's another task that is mindless that doesn't require, you know, any creativity. So it's way better if I do that, for example, while I'm on the Stairmaster warming up for, for cardio or warming up for my lift, or if I just do it in the afternoon when I can be brainless on the couch, you know, with like a double chin, I can post that way. <laughs> you know, I don't want to do it first thing in the morning when I have access to my creativity and my liveliness. I'm the same. I am... But what's really bad about me is that I will, I'm best to work out in the morning, but I'm also really creative in the morning. So I have gone so back and forth with like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do workout in the morning Mm -hmm. and then creative later. And that doesn't work. So then I switch it and I'm like, but I'm super unmotivated to work out past noon if, if not earlier. (laughs) So my, I, I want to do both at the same time. So it's either like, all right, work out at 4.30 a.m. And then work, and then do the creative stuff or I don't know, I'm just having a hard time. But yes, I'm very similar as far as looking at my schedule the night before. And I just do like, if, if I don't even have to really time block, if I just do a to-do, like I mm. want to get these things done tomorrow, they'll get done. Mm. So I don't know if you like hardcore schedule. Like I know some people are like, every 15 minutes I have a, I have a a thing in my schedule. Yeah, no, mine's not that hardcore, but I definitely will say that I've learned even, you know, man, I've been doing time management for years, but even if you're an entrepreneur have to, I'm really learning how to fine tune it. So I realized that if I don't have some pretty strict boundaries around my time, then I'll let other things seep in. Even if let's say, you know, <laughs> let's say I have calls back to back and I have something to do in between. I might get sidetracked with that, right? When it's like, that really wasn't a priority. Um, or like if the dishes are there, I typically like keep a super clean house. But realistically on a really busy day, when I have a ton of back-to-back calls and work to get done, if I'm taking time to do dishes in the middle of my work day, it really is cutting into my work time. And I'm someone who wants to do both. I want to be OCD clean and I want to run my entire business. But I've learned recently um, that sometimes I need to choose and that it's okay. And that I'll get to the dishes at this time when I'm done with all my meetings. So, um, and then for me too, because I have so many different things, if I don't have a time block around what I'm doing, then it's like, there are so many different people and companies and things that want my attention. If I just allow myself to be available to everyone and everything all the time, I would get nothing done. I've done that before. And I just, I literally get nothing done because I'm so, it's almost like being ADD with your business, right? You're in so many things that nothing gets done. So for me, once I decide like, okay, this hour is dedicated to this, I just focus on that. And sometimes it doesn't even and take me the full hour. So what would you say to anyone listening right now, maybe one or two tips of how they can be better about time management and energy management. Like you said, it's super important to have that play time. If you're a creative person, you cannot stack your days and get burnt out. You really have to make time for play and just letting your mind be blank, even staring at the wall if you need to, just anything. So what are two tips you can give people like right now there that they can improve their time management? To improve your time management in two tips, let me think. I would say number one is identify your non-negotiables 
and the things that you really cannot change, like uh, an appointment, a Zoom call, something like that, where identify what those things are and then ask yourself, okay, if I only got one other thing done on top of these things for this day, what would be that thing that would make me feel really accomplished at the end of the day? Um, so really just prioritizing what's the most important thing. Cause I think sometimes we get too overzealous and we want to just schedule everything out in our lives and it really is too much. Like you said, you'll burn out. And yeah, as much as I'm sitting here talking about time and energy management and having all these things, I make time for meditation, stillness, 20 minute power naps. I make time for all those things pretty frequently because I realize that, especially being a woman, you know, both men and women both have masculine and feminine energy within them. Right. And it can be very easy to operate fully from your masculine and just work hustle kill. But as a woman, we have like access to this really beautiful feminine energy within that is um, more of our nature, right? Like it's more in our nature than a man typically to have that feminine energy come out. And part of the feminine is nurturing and caring for and resting and recharging and intuitive and energy and slowing down and receiving and not having this idea that I have to do in order to receive or achieve, but actually that in my stillness, I still deserve to receive, including abundance and money and all sorts of things. So, you know, I want to be careful that as I'm giving these like time and energy management tips, I'm not over here doing what the 20 year old Emily did, which was work, hustle, kill 24 <laughs> seven. Like I am executing really well on the things that I really care about and that really matter. And I'm walking with my puppies. I'm taking time away from my phone to look inside my puppy's eyes and really connect with them and actually be present. I'm taking time to sit and have no podcast and no music playing and just look at how the sunshine is on the trees right now and just tuning in with nature. Like there's a lot of things that I make time for these days that the Emily who is burning out every single week never made time for. <laughs> That brings me to really like a next point that I wanted to talk about with you, because I was just going to say, we've known each other for a while and we met during really pivotal years, which is our mid twenties. And I just, what you just said was so beautiful. And I'm like, this is definitely a different version of the Emily that when I first met (laughs) and I just feel like I've seen so many different versions of you and all good, of course. Um, but just different, you know, between different relationships and business Mm -hmm. things you've done and the moves you've made going back and forth from California to Texas. And the one thing I can say about you is you really live life to the fullest. Um, but you, at the same time, aren't afraid and you don't back down. Like when you do come up against a challenging time, you really face it head on. You just like bulldoze right through it. I mean, you're not one of those people that plays into the victim mentality or anything like that. Um, And yeah, and I just love how, you know, I would say your life is mainly good, like most of the time, but of course there's bad that comes with good, but Again, I feel like you really like feel through it and you you go through it um, and you're really good about sharing tips and just being real and authentic and raw. So my question to all that was, how did you learn to do this? Maybe even, you can even tell us when you kind of realized that uh, you needed to do this and um, yeah, just like really how you learned to do that. Cause I feel like you're just really good at doing that. 
A question for clarity, how I learned how to emotionally process or how I learned how to like keep going even when life is tough. Really both. Yeah. Just, you're just not one of those people that's like, oh my God, like I'm just going to go lay down because the world is against me. You're just like, all right, this sucks, but like, here we go. And then you like pick pick yourself up and you might have to go through it for a couple of weeks, months, however long it may be. But you always have a lesson at the end of it that you're really good about just sharing like, hey, I just went through this and it sucked, but this is what I learned. So uh, totally. Well, thank you for that, um, for that and that reflection and the question and everything. Um, and I will have to say that my life has been both. It's been really incredible. I've had incredible moments and I've had moments that I thought we're going to completely take me out. And more recently than not, I had the hardest moments of my entire life, like moments I honestly didn't think I was going to make it through moments that maybe there was a little bit of the victim mentality that was coming through, but it was like coming from a, such a deep place of endless pain, like what felt like endless pain and suffering inside. And I think it's important to mention that because I wouldn't want someone to look at me and just think that I'm just this strong, like superhero that is just always positive and like things are fine. And I, you know, I've, I've been at such a dark place before. And like I said, more recently than people would think. And, you know, where I'm at now in my life presently and currently is so incredible, like so incredible that I start every day with my hand on my heart, tuning into my gratitude for life itself. And I'm often brought to tears just because not because I have everything I want, but because I have everything that I need within me, which is this inner peace, like just peace. And I cannot tell you like how far I was from having inner peace. And so to go back and answer your question about how I developed this, you know, I, one of the hardest things that I went through when I was younger, when I was a kid was when I was 16 years old, my, my whole family got separated. My parents had a really ugly, nasty divorce. And all of a sudden here I am 16 years old, freshman in college. Cause I was young in college. I skipped a grade and whatever, a lot of things that led to that, but I was young in college. I'm, you know, working three jobs, taking 16 hours of coursework. I'm separated from all of my family at this point, no mom, no dad, no four siblings. And I'm like the loneliest, most alone little girl that is hurting and confused. And now because of situations, I didn't have anywhere to live. So I'm literally sleeping in my car in between shifts. So 16 years old, going through all of that lonely, like can't, doesn't even describe what I felt. And I just remember feeling in that moment, I was just like, this can't be it. Like this can't be why I came here on earth was to suffer and be alone. Like there's gotta be a way out. And my ticket out is getting admission to Texas A&M at the time so that I could, you know, have a semi semi scholarship, be on a meal plan so I could have consistent, you know, food. And so I could go to school and I could make something of myself. So in that moment in relation, you know, how people can maybe relate to this is I just looked for what is the opportunity here? Cause I'm not willing to set up camp. I'm not willing to set up camp and just accept that this is my reality. So whatever I need to do, I'm going to do it so that I can create a better future for myself. And still to this day, even though I've accomplished some really dope things, like still to this day, that graduation, you know, four years later 
is like one of my most cherished moments because no one understands like what it took for me just to graduate from college. Like that was such an amazing moment in my life that I'm so proud of. And I feel like that to answer your question gave me a foundation of this like grit and self-determination and discipline that I needed that would carry me through the rest of my life where it's like, people always wonder, Oh, how are you so tough and so strong? It's like, I went through a lot of shit, you know? And I feel like that really gave me that will, that desire, and also the solution oriented mindset. So I was never one to just accept things for what they were. I wanted to find a solution and make it better because I just believe that there's always a solution to things, you know, and it's not always what you want. Sometimes the solution is leaving the situation and that's not the solution that you want. But if that is the the right move at the time, then it's like, that's the decision that you have to make. So I'm not sure that I fully answered your question, but hopefully that. <laughs> no, that was good. You're, you're, um. Uh, I can't believe you were 16 in college. <laughs> like driver's license, check. I literally Call got it, check. I literally, yeah, I literally got my senior ring, which you do this like ring dunk before I was 21. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. That's, that's kind of cool though. Yeah. So no, I love that you said that. I honestly didn't know that story. Um, yeah, I didn't know that about you. And I just think it's so interesting to see people in their lives of where they're at. Like you're in your young 30s. And you're like, wow, she has all of this going for her. Like you said, you're super tough, blah, 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 blah. The list goes on. But I really think the timing of which people go through stuff like that plays a huge role in how early they can become so self-aware. Like if you already had that realization at 16, 18 years old, I didn't have mine until I was like 29. And I'm like, dang it. I wish I would have gotten through something very hard. (laughs) when I was like 18, because I just would have become so more self-aware earlier in my life. And I, I did go through hard times, but I never had that like aha moment where I was like, okay, let's, I just kept living life or whatever. So I just think yeah. it's interesting. I, I've just come, I'm coming across so many more self-aware people like in their young twenties. And I'm like, I am so jealous of you because I just, I guess whatever everyone's timing is their own and that's how God laid it out for you. So I didn't know that story. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I do have to say, it's not like I was this self-aware personal development person back then. I was mm-hmm. drinking a ton and using alcohol to numb all the pain I was feeling. Right. <laughs> so like, I was not this like self-aware person back then. Maybe I had a level, a level of awareness, but I was not like handling things the way that I would handle them now. That's for sure. Oh yeah. But like you said, but you just had it in your mind. Like, I'm going to figure this out and this is what's going to happen. And this is my plan and I'm going to do it. And graduating college just would be another day for someone else. And for you, it was like, Mm. I did that, you know, and I just think you were adding bricks basically at that point. Um, Whereas some people don't realize that until their thirties, forties, fifties. Yeah. So true. I never knew it was important to take a prenatal vitamin before you're pregnant. But since being pregnant, I learned the first 28 days of pregnancy are important in a baby's neural development. So there's really no such thing as starting too soon. Rituals Essential contains 350 milligram of eco-friendly vegan omega-3 DHA in every serving, and 95% of pregnant women are not getting the recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. 
I've been taking Rituals Vitamin every morning. Not only do I feel amazing, but I love knowing that I'm contributing to my baby's brain development and building strong blood and bone health. With a prenatal multivitamin made traceable, with vegan, bioavailable, and clinically studied key nutrients for before and during pregnancy. Plus, the capsules feature a delayed release design to help make it gentle on an empty stomach and a citrus essence to make taking your multis actually enjoyable. Why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Right now, get 40% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash habits you love. This offer is only available through January 31st. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash habits you love for 40% off. So you kind of touched on like how you approach and navigate your emotions during challenging times. Now, obviously you don't use alcohol or drugs or partying. So what is your go-to now for handling challenging times when you know they're coming up? And I think it's actually kind of beautiful to, to see something come in and you're like aware of what is going on, (laughs) even if it's really bad and you're like, okay, here we go. (laughs) So how do you now face those challenging times? Yeah, I, I sit still and I welcome them. So any hard thing that is surfacing, I see it as an opportunity for my own healing and my own growth. I always say like, pretend that you're on this, this paved path and that's your journey of life. And I always imagine that whatever you believe, whether it's God or it's however you describe it, the divine or angels or whatever, it's like, they know what you need to get to the end of your path, to get to where you're going. And it's almost like they're up there, like throwing these little things so that when it comes into your experience, you can say, oh, thank you. Okay. I guess this is my next level of healing. This is my next level of growth. And it's what I need because I really do just have this perspective that life is always working out for us. Like life is for me. It's not against me. So when something really challenging or hard or that I would label bad is happening, I don't get so caught up in the victim mentality of like, this is happening to me. I actually just ask, like, okay, what is this happening for? Why is this presenting itself? You know, even recently I had uh, something present itself and I won't go into detail because I don't feel called to do that, but it was something that I had done some healing around. And, um, but yet then again, I'm in this moment and there were certain things that brought it out, but it surfaced. And I realized that there's another level of healing available in regards to this topic. And I was just so proud of myself because I wasn't scared of it. I didn't shy it away. I didn't try to avoid it or try to be like, oh, let's not make that happen again. I'm actually like planning to make it happen again because I want to, I want to purposely make it happen again. I want to purposely make it surface so that I can hold myself in that. And so I can love myself in that and apply love to what hurts, which is truly the path to healing is applying love to what hurts. So now, you know, in, in granted, I'm verbalizing, verbalizing all this because that's like my mindset and my perspective, but when I'm going through it, it might be me like crying my eyes out on the floor, like boohooing. You know, I remember one of the last things that I like really processed that was really hard. I'm sitting here like, you know, fully feeling all of the emotions that I'm feeling. And I just remember saying like, this is the hardest shit 
Like this is the hardest to choose to actually feel all of this. It's a lot at times, but because I've had so much uh, practice with emotional navigation, welcoming my emotions, appreciating my emotions, understanding that they are there for me. They're there that help me that now when I experience it, I'm simply willing to experience it because I understand that it's not going to last forever. And if I'm willing and brave enough to face these hard and difficult emotions, I actually get to process them and let them go. They don't have to stay with me for a decade. You know, you know, shocker, the thing that surfaced, I didn't address any of it for at least a decade, right, of my life. I carried this thing around within me. So it makes sense that even though I've done healing around it, that there's actually more healing to do around it. Cause I haven't been healing it. Not that it takes the same amount of time, but you know, it was a, it was living in my body for a decade. So for it to resurface again, it just kind of makes sense that there's deeper levels of healing available. And that's really what I've realized is that uh, in everything, whether it's your healing journey, it's intimacy with your partner, it's friendships, it's business. There's levels to this shit, guys. There's levels and it's awesome. And you always get the level that you're ready for. And just because it resurfaces, it doesn't mean that what you did prior didn't work. It just means that, hey, congratulations, you just graduated to the new level and now you're more prepared and you have a bigger capacity to handle this at a bigger level. So yeah, that's kind of what it's looked like for me to welcome my emotions and yeah, emotions for me are something that I love talking about as well. So anything you want to go into on that, I'm open. Yes, I love all of that. One of the things I love to say is, or just think almost on a daily, weekly basis is just, you are never being punished. Mm. you can just remember that one thing you are like so many people just want to be like all right this is it I'm being punished for this that it's karma whatever Mm. that if I just remember that one thing like this is not to punish me this is like you said this is to grow me level me up I like to think of it as like a a video game where you go through a level and you come to like the big bad monster at the end and it's like yay you did all this good work and now here's your test. And if you can pass the test, you can go to the next levels. That's really how I like to think about it. I love that. And it's so true. And it actually becomes fun, like a game when you're able to recognize that the test is here, right? Like you said, you work on it, you build up all this confidence and strength, everything's great. And then big Bowser comes by and you're like, I know what you are. You're a test. <laughs> you know, you're, you're a mistake. I'm not going to make that one again. <laughs> Yes, I agree. I think, I mean, we can say it's fun right now because we're like all, all bubbly and stuff. Sometimes it's very difficult just mm-hmm. to know you're in the thick of something. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Yeah. And, but I will say even just this morning, I think I was thinking about how just temporary everything is. Some of the moments in my life where I'm like, all right, this is it. Kind of like you said, you were, you didn't want to settle there. And at some points I thought that that was that was going to be it. This is going to be my life. I was going to settle in this place with this person doing this thing, feeling this way. And then poof, it's like, oh, okay. It's it's not, none of that is here anymore. (laughs) And it just goes to show that everything is just so temporary. Yeah. Which is why I think it's even more important for people to get to know their own inner essence and to find peace and security and love 
within themselves and not in something external. Not that we can't experience it externally, we can, but often that's just a reflection of where we're at. You know, when we have that love and peace inside and when we truly know ourselves at a deep level, then we get to see those external manifestations of it in loving relationship, in business, in friendship, right? But I think because we're in such a transient world with everything always changing, it's just so important to give yourself that certainty and that security, which is you, you know, you, your divine essence and divine being is so beautiful. And we have access to so much within us through even like meditation or breath work and all these practices are just uh, really enlightening to show you that we're much more capable than a lot of people think. Yes, definitely. And I think another thing, I think it was kind of something you said, but earlier, Another just like tip I like to think about is just you have everything that you are ready to have. Basically, if I don't have something right now, it's because I'm not ready and I can't force it to be force myself to be ready or force it to come. So I've written that down so many times in my journal, just like I really want this thing and I'm not getting it. What are my blocks? Why am I not getting it? Where do I need to work and, and heal? Because there's a reason I don't have it. Everything I have now, I'm I'm ready for, you know, every, every where I live, the relationship I have, the job, the car, sweet, I have all that. Okay, I, there's a next level to this. And what do I have to do? Like you said, to just, you have to uproot some things in order to really like replant. So it's like thinking of a, a flower that might be dead but it could be alive and beautiful and pretty, but you have to just replant it in different soil. So that's another thing I like to think is just everything you have is what you are emotionally ready or prepared for or have worked for or whatever. It's like you stripped off the layers and that's where you are right now. Uh, I love that so much. And I just want to expand on that a little bit because it's like softening my heart in the sweetest way because I think sometimes we can start to step into the things that we've always wanted. And then sometimes a fear can arise, like, am I really ready for this? Or can I really handle this? Or, you know, just those fears. And so I think what you just said is so reaffirming that if it's present in your life and it's there, you're so ready for it. So it can allow you just to take a big, deep breath and ease into it and settle into it, knowing that you've got this. Yes, definitely. What is, I know you work with people one-on-one, you have your group coaching, I think you do uh, one-on-one as well. Basically everything evolves around this. Um, But what is the one thing you find most difficult for people to come to when they like get to that edge? It's almost like that growth edge and they just can't seem to jump. I just find so many people hesitating to even get to even know themselves and be vulnerable and um, let everything out in the air and be open. I think that's people's number one block is just accepting, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be vulnerable and accept that I need help and take responsibility and ownership. And they just don't do it. And I think that's where it sets so many people back from having the, anything they want in life, the relationships, like the intimacy, even not, not just romantically, like, um, friendship wise, or like, I just know I've lost friends because of the lack of depth that they can bring to the table but I know that's because they can't let themselves get there and I don't know why that is what what's your opinion on that do you see that when people come to you for help is there 
something that they need to work on there or what, what's your yeah. opinion? I like this topic a lot and I think it's important to talk about, and there's probably a lot of reasons, but from my perspective, in my experience with a lot of people, it's two things. Um, so number one, I think people are scared to hold up a mirror. They don't want to look in the mirror because they don't want to see what's there. Sometimes they don't want to see the, their own actions. Other times they don't want to see what was done to them. And I think it all goes back down to judgment and shame. And I think people have so much judge self-judgment and that comes out when they judge others. Anytime someone else is judging somebody else, it's just because they have judgment within themselves. Anytime someone is shaming somebody else, it's because they feel immense shame within that they might, they might even be unconscious to, meaning they don't even realize that they judge and shame themselves, but yet they're the ones judging and shaming others because you always act out of what and who you are. And it doesn't mean that that's who you are your identity. It just means that that's where you've set up camp for right now, whether that be conscious or unconscious. And so I think part of that is because people have this idea that we have to be these like perfect people and that we're never allowed to mess up. And I think, you know, maybe it has to do with social media and all the filters, right? It's like we first filter our faces and then we filter our personalities and we try to only show people what we think that they'll like. You know, and I th we have to think about the psychological effects that that's having on our society, on relationships, on our concept of self, you know, so and then the second thing that I wanted to mention was the people that come to me, they're a step above that. So they've already decided to look in the mirror. They're willing to see what's there, you know, and that's something I say is like, I'm really not the coach for everyone because a majority of people won't be ready to do the work that I do. The work that I do, they have to have already looked in the mirror and they have to be willing to see what's there. And so the people that come to me, they've looked in the mirror, but what I find is something that might be a block is their inability to fully choose themselves. So instead of choosing themselves, they're choosing who they think they need to be for their family and friends and community and on social media. They are scared of how other people will judge them if they actually fully own who they are and all of their different expressions, you know, and I really relate to that because on my own journey, I was so scared to jump out of these like boxes that people had put me in or that I had put myself in sometimes too. Um, it, even though the path that I was taking, it felt so genuine and so true for me, but it required me to make a left turn when everyone else was going straight. And I knew that that would come with judgment, whether expressed or not. And I finally just had to get to a point where I was like, I choose me. I wish I could tell you that that came from inspiration. Like I'm going to be brave and courageous and choose myself, but no, it actually came from a deep rooted pain of years and a lifetime of not choosing myself. I got to such a deep place of self-abandonment where I had chosen everybody else. I poured into everyone else, relationships and family and friendships and everyone else's problems, which at the end of the day was self-abandonment and a form of, uh, in a form of avoidance, right? And because of doing that, it's like, I was at this place of such deep self-abandonment. I was in so much emotional turmoil and pain that I literally had one option and it was to choose myself. And if I didn't choose myself, I just genuinely do not think that I would be here today and reaching the lowest of my low that I did, where I just, 
I really struggled. I really struggled a lot with the thought of, uh, I got to a place where I didn't want to be here anymore. I like really couldn't, I couldn't imagine my life without the endless pain that I was feeling inside. And I'd I'd carried that pain for so long that I got to a point where I was like, I got to be real. It's not going away. And at this point, because of that and all of my self-abandonment, giving literally 100% of myself to everyone else except for me, because of those things, it was like a perfect recipe for me to think that the only option was for me to not be here anymore. And I remember getting to that point and just really asking myself a few questions. I said, is, did you, did you come here and did you live everything that you were meant to live in this life? Like, did, were you, did you truly live the life that you came here to live? Or is there more gifts within you that you haven't shared with the world yet? I was like, no, I know that there's more inside of me that I'm meant to share that I just haven't shared yet. I know that. I said, okay, is there more that you want to go and experience in this lifetime on this earth? And I said, yeah, there is. And there, I think there was one other question. I'm not, it's not coming to mind at the moment, but it was, oh, the last thing too was just an assessment of like, how much energy have I given toxic, narcissistic, abusive relationships, family, other people, other communities, how much of my energy, if I had to put a number on it, and it was like a hundred percent compared to like 0% to myself. So I was like, screw it. What if for, you know, 30 days I gave 100% of all of my energy just to me, my mental health, my spiritual health, my desires, like what I wanted. And I was like, what do I think would be possible if I actually did that? I was like, I don't know, but let's go find out. I'm going to do that first. So I took this journey of simply choosing myself and doing that first. And I made this deal with myself that I had to go do these things first, you know, and that journey literally saved my life, like literally. And I'm so thankful to that version of me that was so broken down, beaten down, confused, alone, hurting more than I'd ever hurt in my life because she chose just one more day. And she chose to show up for herself consistently to choose my workouts and to eat and to go after all the dreams that I had and to do the things that I wanted to do. And it literally was just a series of choosing myself over and over again until I became so empowered. I felt so good that I couldn't even believe that that old train of thought had gotten to where it had gotten. And it really just showed me the power of fully choosing yourself. It's not selfish. It is the most selfless thing that you can do. The only reason I am literally sitting here on this call right now is because I chose myself over and over and over again, even if and when it made other people upset. So truly choosing yourself is like the best thing that you could do for yourself and for other people. How do I talk after that? (laughs) How do I talk? That was amazing. Um, You know, I'm sure we can get into all the ways that you did choose yourself, but what did you have to let go of? Mm. Um, I think the biggest thing that comes to mind, and this is how I got off on this track, was back to that question about what's what's a block for people. The biggest thing at that time was the judgment judgment of everybody else. And I got to this place where I was like, if I'm literally on my deathbed 
I am not going to care what they think Mm -hmm. about me. So why am I living my life worried about what they're going to think about my decisions? And I just gave myself the permission to FA and FO. If you don't know what FAFO stands for, Google it on your urban dictionary. Can I cuss? Do you know? <laughs> Fuck around and find out. <laughs> like in life, I F-A-F-O. gave myself shit. Yeah, to mm. FA and FO, because what that made me do was like, I don't know, like I might be royally fucking up my life, but I also might be stepping into the most authentic version of me and having life experiences that mold and shape me in a really beautiful way. And so I was just finally willing to trust myself over trusting everyone else's thoughts and opinions and to allow myself to make mistakes, to allow myself to get it wrong. And that was like the most freeing thing ever. I remember even going on this camper van trip where I rent a camper van. I'm like, I cannot believe they just gave me a camper van. I don't even know if I can turn this thing. And I like make the first turn with a question mark on my face and it turns and I do it. And I'm like, all right. All right. That's the first FAFO of the trip. Let's go. And I, you know, every little step was so empowering for me because I really just, I took my power back after giving my power to everyone and everything else. What's so funny about that. And I I kind of had a riff on this a couple of months ago of just how everyone is actually very self-absorbed in their own worlds. And if you think about it, if I sat here and thought about how much time I spend worrying about other, what other people are doing or judging them, I don't. So that makes me go like, are people sitting around wondering what I'm doing? (laughs) Probably not, you know? And so then it's like, okay, I can take that little. And then I was like, you, you take a step and you look around and like nothing happens. And then you like take another step. You're like, okay, we're safe, you know, but no, uh, I, I agree. It's like, honestly, the two S's of, I think shame is such a big disruptor in America, <laughs> basically. Uh, um, I mean, that's the number one thing. And I talk about that all the time. And I, that was the number one thing I had to focus on and work on within myself with, that was like the first emotional scar that I had to work through. And I was like, before I realized that I would have never said I was a shameful person. I was like, no, I'm just like, I'm just shy and I don't want a bunch of attention and I'm humble. And that those were the <clears throat> the characteristics I was giving myself when really it was just shame of not wanting to be seen. And a lot of it had to do with, yeah, with the fear of judgment, a fear of rejection. And then, then the other S would be social media. My God, like we're constantly abandoning ourselves. Like you said, in an effort to please strangers. Um, And even like, I took like, I'm taking a couple like small hiatuses from social media. And I think, I don't know, I think it might've been you that I told her was someone who I was just like, it's, it's weird because no one's like texting me and being like, where are you? (laughs) Yeah. That's too funny. And so that's just another confirmation in my head of like, no one actually cares. And if they do, they spend about a whole five seconds on what you're doing. And then they go on about what they're doing, their family, their jobs, their lives, their relationships, their appearance, you know? So that just helps me just, I mean, I still, you know, kind of struggle with it a little bit as far as something I want to do, a risk I want to take an idea. I have something where I'm like, Ooh, like, what if I do that? But I fail or people are like, what are you doing? Or, and I think a big thing for me is, and like you said earlier, you kind of put yourself in a box of, I do put myself in that whole, like, well, I've done this for so long. 
what are people going to think if I'm just not doing that anymore? Like, are they going to be like, what is she doing? She's never done that before. Oh, so gosh, I don't know. it's crazy. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, we're growing up in a really interesting generation where we have this thing called social media and, uh, you know, the generations before us, they never had to navigate like having so many people's opinions that who could just comment and who could DM you. And, you know, I know for myself, I've gone through quite a few little stints of time where it was like a ton of online bullying and that like really does take a toll on you. You know, um, I never had bullying in person because to be honest, I don't think anyone would fuck with me in person. <laughs> like even when I was a kid, people knew not to, but for some reason online, like I went through it a few times now and it definitely takes a toll on you. And, you know, it, sh- it, it shifts some things and definitely creates external like fears and things. I, I've really had to work through a lot of things in regards to that. Um, but it, you know, I just think we're dealing with things that uh, previous generations never had to deal with really. So true. What do you struggle with the most? Mm, balance. I really struggle with balance. I think the one thing that is uh, constantly coming up for me right now, and I really hope to find a solution. If anyone (laughs) has a solution, please help me. But something that's genuinely very hard for me is the amount of people (laughs) that have my cell phone number. And I know how that sounds, but I just mean I work with, you know, I've been doing what I do for a very long time now. So multiple companies and brands and then friendships and people and connections. And I'm, you know, meeting people at all these places that uh, it, it's just, it's very difficult for me when I have the, okay, let me break this down. I have a really strong desire to connect with the people that I'm in contact with. And yet the volume is too high for right, right now. And even people that are like, you know, we should catch up and do a FaceTime. Like I do my best, I schedule those, but the volume is actually like, too high. And to me, no one is above anyone. Like everyone is a value. And I see such beautiful value in them that I really do have a desire to connect, but I'm at the point where I'm having to choose myself. I'm having to not make my schedule crazy just to appease them by catching up with them. And then I have guilt and shame for not getting back to people you know, cause I don't, I, there's a lot of friends that I just sometimes don't get back to and it's not purposeful. It's, I'm not trying to be mean, but genuinely sometimes like, you know, as much as I incorporate meditation and stillness and walks with the pups and I'm not willing to sacrifice those things, I'm also very busy. And then it's like, yeah, I just, I really struggle with that. It's hard for me not to have guilt and shame. So if you have any feedback, <laughs> please let me know. I think the people that I go back to the Dr. Seuss quote, the people that matter don't mind and the people that mind don't matter. So love that. Yeah. So if anyone's over here, like bitching at you, cause you didn't call them or zoom them or connect with them. Then it's like that person, anyone that doesn't do that understands where you're coming from. So I think mm-hmm. that's putting your own, you know, maybe people pleasing guilt mm-hmm. and shame on yourself of setting the bar so high. And then when you don't meet it, you you're a failure. So, you know, just setting the bar or lower and, um, you know, like scheduling two, whatever you want to call them. And then if you hit three, yay, you (laughs) overachieved. Thank you. I needed that. You're welcome. I should have called you sooner. (laughs) 
Jen, my work, my work no. here is done. <laughs> yes. No, that actually uh, really does help because that is like a constant thing in my mind. And you're right. I think it comes from my own people pleasing tendencies, which I've done a lot of work on, but this seems to be the next level, like what we talked about earlier. <laughs> yeah. And again, I mean, like it goes back to what I just said about how much people actually care. Like, I don't think anyone's sitting around twiddling their thumbs and like, I haven't talked to Emily yet, you know? So, (laughs) but I know you, you are like, you love people. You love to connect. You're constantly putting yourself in situations and scenarios where you be around people and that's just who you are. And like you just said, you have your time and then you have your work time. And then what's left is so little, Mm -hmm. um, to conquer the world. Um, so just giving yourself a little bit of grace and yeah. Yeah. And I think too, I never want to hurt anyone's feelings. Like I genuinely never want to be the source of hurting someone's feelings. So that definitely plays a big role. I'm an empath. I can't help it. You know, Um, I cannot see you doing that on purpose in any sort of way. I mean, if you would have completely forgot about our thing today, I would have been, my feelings would have been upset. <laughs> For sure. No, I just, I just decided in my head it was like 3.30 and not 3.10. And so weird of me to tell you 3.10. I know. I was like, maybe she gets done with something at three. She wants a 10 minute potty break. <laughs> that's, that's, definitely, that's definitely what it was, but I just, I don't know why. Yeah. Space cadet. <laughs> Uh, well, this has been really good. I feel like we could talk about this for hours, but you have a podcast really about most of these topics. Um, I think you just hit 2 million downloads, right? I did. Yes. That's so awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So now let's just tell us all about where people can find you, how they can work with you, all yeah. the opportunities to connect more with Emily Hayden, although don't get mad at her if she doesn't do it right away. <laughs> But if you do, then maybe you don't matter. Not <laughs> Dr. Seuss says so. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. It's been really incredible to be here. I'm so honored that you wanted to interview me. And it's always such a, it's such a blessing that it gets to be with a friend because I just love you and it makes it better. Like we get to call this work. What? Yeah. Awesome. What? So yeah, everyone can find me on Instagram at Emily Hayden. It's H-A-Y-D-E-N. And then I actually have a free gift that's available. If you go to the Instagram link in my bio, um, there's these downloadables and I actually include more than what I say in the links, just a little spoiler. So just put in your name, your number and your email, and I'll send you a few things Um, I'm really passionate about helping people learn how to speak love and truth over themselves. So I have these really beautiful affirmations and some other downloadables that helps them to understand, uh, what things in their life are energy giving and what things in their life takes their energy from them. There's like these two little cute lists downloadables that they can have. And so, yeah, that's a really great way just to kind of enter into my community. And then from there, there's all the links are there to my podcast evolve with the Emily podcast and yeah, everything else you need is in that link. Awesome. We will definitely put that in the show notes. I know I was actually thinking, when was the last time we saw each other in person? It was in Texas at breakfast. Okay. Yeah. So that was 2022. Wait, yeah. 
Wait, wait. no, was, was it 20 or was it last year? Wait, we're in 2023. Oh, so, so it was 2022. Yep. It was July 2022. Oh, when I was moving back from Denver yes. back to Florida. Yeah, that's when it was. Okay. Gosh, it's so long. I was thinking it was longer. I forgot about that little breakfast oh. date. Um, I was thinking it was something else. I was like, th- I thought it was three years. And I was like, there is no, no way it's been three no. years. No. <laughs> oh, but I have to <laughs> make it out there. You don't ever come to Florida, do you? No, only for event or something. Yeah, yeah, I know. We'll have to we'll have to find time when we can catch up in person. You're just one yeah. of those people that's like you just have such good energy that you know whenever you're like, I just miss being able to call you and be like, Can we go meet at the beach? Because we used to live I close know. to each other. I have to say, my still to this day, my best Instagram content was when you and I took our phones and just took the content for each other. So I say that all the time, even just today, I think a memory came up. Um, let me see. <laughs> I was going to text you these. Where are my photo memories? It was the ones, ah, oh, hold on. Yeah. I know you're going to remember which ones they were. I have all the photo shoots going These. Okay. It was actually from December 11th, which was three days ago. Can you oh. see this? Remember like the gift cards? Wait, that's not it. Oh, remember those? Like oh. the lemon tree? Yes. Remember those that you took for me? Oh, yes. Yes. Those came up and I was like, those were my pictures with Emily. I know. And we just did it on our iPhones. Yeah. I don't have anyone like that here. I need like a content buddy. I know. That is the best because if not, you're paying a ton of money. I know. I know. Like the other day, I just was like, can I asked a friend who's done a photo show? She did our, um, pregnancy announcements and uh I was like well surely she'll just charge me like the same price or whatever and then I just wanted some like basic photos around the like apartment or the the pool or whatever and she was like quoting me more and I was like I just need you to like snap a couple pictures (laughs) totally Uh, anyways I know I just need to put it out there but anyways well I love you it was so great to connect. Um, yeah, it's just beautiful all the ways that you are evolving. And I Aww. love to see it. And I feel like I know you just from, we don't talk super, super often, but I feel like I I know I know you and what's going on through social media. So definitely yeah. a great account to follow for inspiration and motivation, you guys. So everything about Emily will be in the show notes and looking forward to releasing this episode. Thanks, guys. Love you. Bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.